Hi, everyone. This is Tom Gacker from Something Came From Baltimore. And if you're listening to this interview and it says the show, like Kate Edmondson, the show, Simon Below, the show, Sean Jones, the show, that means you are listening to a repeat of an episode that has already aired on TheBox.com. TheBox.com is an internet radio station based out of Beemore. And I recommend that you download the station to your phone and then you will hear Be More Music anytime, 24-7. And if you can set your watch to hear Something Came From Baltimore, the show, it's every week at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TheBox.com. Wow, this is a repeat of the show. You can listen to Something Came From Baltimore anytime. Just subscribe to YouTube, iTunes, Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Basically, it's everywhere but Spotify because we play music here. Download the podcast and then flip it to five people who may like this type of show. Music fans have to look out for each other. We want you to be a part of the Be More Music scene. Welcome to another episode of Something Came From Baltimore. I'm your host, Tom Gowker, and tonight I have the one and only Paula Cole on the phone. Paula Cole just released Revolution on September 13th, 2019 on the 675 record, and uh, it's been out for a while, but she's still willing to do press on the record. And it's a great idea because the album has a great political edge to it. It's a cry for humanity, and the narratives are super personal and emotional. Love is somehow the key that unlocks the door to which leads to the ultimate reality. Love is somehow the key that unlocks the door which leads to ultimate reality. So, Tom speaking. Welcome, Paula Cole, to Something Came From Baltimore. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, thank you. Paula, I want to thank you for you know just creating some thoughtful music in this world that we're living in right now. And I'm bewildered why other artists are not really creating what I call like woke music at a time when we really need it. That's beautiful. Woke music. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not really looking to my contemporaries. I'm looking to my, you know, progenitors. I guess I'm looking to like musical legacy, the ones that last. And I think the ones that last, are the ones that did speak out socially, politically, or about stories other than themselves. I mean, from Paul Robeson to Bob Dylan to Nina Simone and and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and Joni Mitchell and John Lennon, every, Bob Marley and Marvin Gaye. I mean, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On has inspired me a couple of times now. Um, in my album making, but these are the artists I look to, and I don't. You know, every once in a while, I pay attention to something that's interesting going on now, but I'm still, like, worshiping the music of the masters, and they they took their time to speak out about uh, social justice. You know, I'm a little older, so, you know, I was growing up in a time period where, you know, message songs were just a part of everyday life. You got Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, Wake Up, or even up to Lauren Hill's That Thing. You know, social messages were just a part of our life. And all of a sudden, there is nothing going on. I'm really concerned because I was doing this uh, research for you. I was reading Pat Metheny's like, reviews too, where he has 
I can't say they're political messages. They're just really woke music. And his, his concerns and the feedback on comments are really sharp and negative. And I don't even believe that they're listening to the music. I just feel that they're just like kind of hitting hard. This album has been out for a while. So it has, you know, hit the uh, atmosphere. Uh, what is the reaction or, or what do you feel that the reaction is uh, about your material? Well, I'm sorry to hear that about Pat Metheny because he's amazing. And I, too, love Lauren Hill. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill was just such an amazing album. Um, so, yeah, thank you for mentioning those artists. And this revolution uh, was released in the fall, and the reviews were amazing. Like, critically, it was amazing. Um, I'm in, the, like, a, a different period of my career now where it's not like it used to be it's I'm fortunate that my old songs keep getting played but I'm I'm really just looking forward and not backward and and I need to express uh social justice so, social justice themes in music like a couple of times now in my in my music with Amen my third album and now Revolution and yeah, some people struggle, but I think overall, like overall, it's been largely positive from my loving royal fan base and the woke people that are listening. Like they get me, they get my catalog, they they understand the content of my catalog. But if if you were to like dangle me out there, for or if or if for some reason it was a lot more successful, then I'd probably get skewered. I'm sure you know, and that's just part of it and it just seems like the bully at the top of the hill is emboldening all the bullies so it, it we're in this climate right now of kind of abuse in a way especially um abuse to those who kind of dare speak out so i'm sure you know there has been some of that and i just keep my head down and i keep moving and i'm going to say this because I'm alive right now, and I, I want to make meaningful music in my lifetime. I want to speak my truth, so I'm just I'm going to express this no matter what, and whatever will be will be. I guess it's been largely really positive. I'm right there with the fans and right there with the critics. I think this is a great album, and I think it's really cool. Uh, you hit me really hard in a couple songs come in here where you you emotionally touched me. I, I want to get to that, <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of like uh, leading up to it because I have a conversation I want to talk about uh, with the word the group the song Silent. You chose to do a cover of Marvin Gaye for this uh, album, Mercy Mercy Me. You know, out of all the I guess woke songs or protest songs from the past, you picked this one. Why did you choose to pull that and and re-record that? Like I said, I, I love and adore Marvin Gaye. I love his voice. I love his bravery. He released What's Going On. I think it was 1971 at the protestations of his record label. And um, he needed to sing about more 
and just love. He wanted to sing about the planet, too, and he put together Mercy, Mercy Me, a.k.a. The Ecology, and it's it's a brilliant song that's ahead of its time for the planet. He's talking about fish and mercury in the waters. He's talking about pollution in the skies, our need to come together, being aware of human impact. And I strongly feel this song needed to come back out. There haven't been too many covers of it. It's actually really difficult musically. He, the way he sings is is so sophisticated. When when I was kind of shedding Marvin's vocal delivery, he he sings in such like a deft. Some, it reminds me of like a Brazilian Brazilian music. His vocal phrasing is so deft and syncopated. It's really much more complicated than you'd think, and it's just such a brilliant song that hasn't been covered enough. So let's pull out Marvin, uh, the ecology, Mercy, Mercy Me, now. Now. We need this message again now. What we're doing, our human impact is so uh, so huge. We are so overpopulated on the planet, so anything we do has enormous impact much to the detriment of some of these species just hanging on by a thread. Right now, in my lifetime, like since 1970, three billion birds are gone. That's one-fourth of the Earth's bird population is gone since 1970. Anything migratory, land, space, pesticide, we're wiping out species. It's a tragedy. I mean, our, our sons and daughters, our grandchildren are not going to know right whales and red wolves, uh, let alone like species of plants, things that could be medicine for us. This is, We are so out of touch with the natural world. Uh, it's insane. What what The way we are living is insane, selfish and unexamined, and we need to talk about it. Yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, it's difficult, but let's talk about it. Let's figure out some right ways of living going forward. I think like being a vegan is like one of the most radical things you can do, not only for your health, like it saves off cancer, but it's also like one of the most radical things you can do for helping our planet and animals. So I don't know. People want us to be quiet, and that's stupid. I I just want to talk about it, and Marvin Gaye was talking about it in 1971 so eloquently. So let's bring him back. Let's remember him. Let's remember this message. You just answered two of my questions that are going into it. I'm like, this song is 49 years old. And while it's a part of our our consciousness and everyone basically knows the words to this song, it hasn't sunk in in an emotional level where people can even relate to it. It's actually worse. Like the ecology is worse than it was in 71 and it was bad back then. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had a question of like, would you do to heal the world? Which you've, you've actually given me some suggestions. And um, one thing that I don't really think that is mentioned that well is I'm a Quaker, and we're very concerned about the population of the planet. 
our goal at this point is to go down to 1960s level, whatever that number was at 1960 as a, um, the world, we should be focusing really intensely focusing on that. For that reason, we would um, regain some of our vegetation or our planet will be cleaner. And because of automation and all this other stuff that's going on, people will actually have jobs and feel, feel a little self-worth. It's a big deal. It's a, it's a big deal, but it doesn't seem like anyone's talking about it. I think you're right. I think um, that's absolutely, absolutely right. Um, we're overpopulated. Let's talk about it. Let's so that there's food for everybody. I think population control would happen more naturally if women were represented equally in government because they know that they want to have access to education and jobs. And in doing that, there usually is a choice in your family planning. Um, equal representation like there are in Scandinavian countries where they have quotas where government is represents the population 50-50. So I think empowering girls in education and women to represent us equally in government, that, that's going to take, take time, but it's going to take care of a lot of issues, I think, intrinsically. I think people need to leave their land alone more. There's this notion that Landscaping is something to strive for, but um, if you read any of the reports coming from, you know, national wildlife organizations, they say leave your land alone, allow there to be some brush piles and some bushes, leave your land alone. It allows these uh, moments of mi migratory safe zones for, for, for species, and it creates ground cover that helps topsoil. Like leave your land alone, explore veganism, equal representation of women in government, um, finding our place in the natural world. That's respecting all species, all life. That these are things. Uh, education is is vital because you can't even have this conversation if you don't have a well-educated population usually. So education's at the root of it. Caring. For women and children and animals and and diversity, people who are don't have a voice in our society. So, I, I you know, you're asking me big things, and I'm on a radio interview, and I usually don't talk about this in a radio interview, and I and I love you for asking me about it. I love you for starting the conversation about creating woke music, like. Bless you, brother. I think that's amazing, and um, I feel a little vulnerable talking about this, but it's probably what I'm most passionate about is uh, our place in the ecosystem, our sustainability for all species. What is our part in it? We must be stewards. What we're doing is, is our own demise, but it's so selfish that we're taking down all these innocents with us. So... Um, yeah, honoring diversity, honoring history. Um, I think we live in a really unfair society for people of color, for women, and um, I'm, I'm really tired of that. I'm just very watchful of it, and I care about it, and I'm speaking up for it. I, I'd say continue. Please continue. We need voices. And uh, during the intro, I, I made a, a comment that it's, you know, you almost have to apologize for what you're doing. You're apologizing that you care about the earth and that you want to make it a, a better place. And 
it should it should not be that way. It, this conversation should be a very commonplace. I I asked the question, what would you do to change the world? And you just gave me a couple things. And I would just want to share with you, I would do the three W's. And you basically mentioned that. And it was water, women, and wonder. We need to protect our water sources and and make sure and drill it down backwards. So that's a a clean environment. So we have our water. 98% of our, I mean, uh, what is it? 90% of our body is water. Uh, Women. Women are... Uh, need to be um, free from the enslavery that they have in the world. They need to be equal. And then some, the creativity level of our world will completely change if, and the population would change if there is actual freedom for women. And wonder is that we, we are thoughtful and we believe in science and we believe in being creative and, and education is a virtue and not something that, you just run through for 12 years. I, that's my thing to change the world. I, uh, that's beautiful. Uh, that's beautiful. And that's more positive. I've been focused on the peas. Like, let's get off of plastic, right? Let's, plastic is just smothering our planet. It's making the temperature rise. It's making species. Plastic, let's get off of plastic. There's other options out there that could decompose. Petrol, pigs, like, we just need to stop eating animals, right? These, so I've been focused on the P's, but I love your W's. <laughs> you can use my W's. Okay, it's Water, Women, and Wonder for your next record. When Carl and his sister United me in their tribe I felt the strength and numbers Emboldening my shyness I laughed at other people At the bodies at their hair I became the vicious girl Parroting her despair And one day cold as cow Carvel went too far Intentional in his hurting Physical in his war To the shyest one of all of us The tenderest lonely heart The song Silent to me is your centerpiece of this album and it's very deep and I, I want to know before I even start asking questions is this considered an autobiographical story? Uh, yes it is. Okay. I'm sure you that people ask about this this uh, song over and over again and I just want to let you know that when you talk about Carl in the story uh, I am that person I was never really physical abusive to women or just people in general but I was that bully. I uh, when I was younger, uh, I definitely had um, would attack, I guess, the weak to make me look strong and to, uh, you know, look and size a room up and find out who I can either make fun of or to um, kind of joke around to prove that I'm more superior. It's something I'm not proud of. I think if, if I, when I do my flashpoints, you know, of, of the highlights of my life, I hope all those are missing from my, my reel. But I identify with this character um, very strongly and it, and it, I've never heard this person before in a song 
can you can you talk a little about that? I love that you're bringing out Carl from the story, and I changed the person's name um, for sake of the song, but it very much is something that somebody, a family I grew up with, I was friends friends with Carl's sister, but I would often hang out with them. And their family was going through a divorce, and he, Carl was the middle child and very sensitive and very smart and very upset about his life falling apart all around him. Had a feminine side, you know, a tender, sensitive side, even though, you know, he's masculine and was just probably terrified to ever be selected to be picked on, right? That's the fear. He was afraid, so he would go out and torment before someone could torment him. It was a way of staving it off. And he would look for the weak person, and, and that was this girl who in our neighborhood who was poor. And I don't know where the dad was, and the mom was elderly and overweight and very much always inside the house, and she was very alone and sensitive, and I would be with them, and uh, it was just one time it went way too far. It was a terrible thing. He did it. I never say what it is in the song that he did, and I don't want to say it just to protect uh, people, but it was just, it was just happened in a flash. It was really cruel, and I didn't feel like I could stop it in time. I was voiceless. I was paralyzed by my own silence, being complicit as a bystander, and I'm ashamed of myself for that. I was complicit as a bystander. That's silence. That's silence in that verse. Of course, there are other verses in the song where I'm silent. I start with that because I'm a child, and that was one instance of silence and the dysfunction of not speaking out. And then I move to... Um, this, the next verse where I'm in my 20s and, you know, I experience uh, sexual harassment on the, in a very masculine atmosphere of a, a large tour and I'm silent. I'm silent so I can just keep going with the tour and keep, get, get back up on the horse and, you know, not give him the dignity, dignity and keep my gig and uh, kind of keep my mind together. Silence again, dysfunction again. Third verse, I'm now in my 40s. I'm, um, I'm at a party with fathers and mothers of the children that go to my daughter's school. And it's like you almost need a little velvet rope between the women and the men. The men are huddled on one side of the room and the women on the other. It's, again, very dysfunctional and we're falling into old patriarchal roles of gender norms. And and I don't fit in either place. It's like, I, no, I don't really want to be in the kitchen talking about recipes in microwaves. And I very gossipy and I feel very other anyway in that that atmosphere. And then on the other side are the men. And so I go and I try to talk to the men and I add my... Like I say, I had my 20 cents to the room, how flatly it does land. You know, they don't really want me to be part of the conversation. It's awkward for them. There I am in my silence. I hear my great-grandmother in my head. Shh, you know, be quiet. Like that. 
So I don't fit in either place. I don't understand. Okay, I'm just going to roll myself up and be in my silence because that's a safe place. But it doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't change anything. And so, so we perpetuate this notion of silence. I learned it from my parents who are of the silent generation. Perpetuating silence as if that's a coping mechanism, as if that were dignity or stoicism. You know, I'm from New England, so we pretty much think that's what it is. It's take it on the chin, be quiet and keep going, but there's no processing. There's no learning from that. And all we're doing is creating children and culture who do the same so they don't have the coping. And then these children look to us for healing. And then we don't have enough in our own hearts because we haven't healed it either. So I'm, I'm, I feel like I need to speak in order to stop a negative cycle. One of the thoughts that I had about this song is that like early trauma in your life just continues to manifest over and over and over. Your situation that happened at the, you, you had multiple scenes and it just compounded, I think, without you really addressing or, or looking at it. Um, that you, what you're saying is really interesting too. You know, as a child, you know, I was scolded if I wasn't pleasant and quiet and and in the outer world I would when we got home I got yelled at for not being an obedient son in public and that really you know shapes the way you you interact with people where you just kind of put up with stuff and you be quiet because you want to look like you know that you're um you know a pleasant you know uh, accepting person and it's uh it's it's really doesn't help you uh, deal with some of the crazy that's out there. That's right. You learned to turn off that voice, even when you felt that probably you did deserve that voice. And it's interesting that you're in radio now. You you are projecting your voice to many, many people. So clearly there's been some examination in your soul about that. And and if if we're told to be silent, we feel shamed or maybe that we're not worthy or that our voice doesn't matter. Even when there's moments of injustice, we're wrestling with that. So I say good for you that you've somehow made the leap to speaking and breaking silence. Yeah, I, I personally couldn't be stopped. There's some, you know, there's something, <laughs> there's something bubbling inside me that I just have to like let it out. And you know, letting out and not being afraid is is really what's more important to me, I guess, at this point. Okay, so I'm go- let's go back to the song Silence because I I do, at the very end, you explain um, Carl's behavior, which it's, here, I'm going through the, uh, the bully is weak, afraid to be tormented, tormenting before preempting is an amazing line, but you're explaining his behavior where I really don't think you even have to like your your journey is that you're not going to be silent anymore that's the end of your journey but then you kind of segue back into kind of explaining Carl so I'm trying to figure out you must have forgave this gentleman or you know had therapy or were able to uh, identify exactly what was going on with him and be able to pull back a little and look at it objectively oh definitely I mean I've seen because I'm from a small town, I see how people have grown up, and I've seen him be addicted to 
alcohol and drugs and be in abusive situations and lost and uh, if he's tormented but he was all, all he really was was weak and scared and terrified to say that so he would preempt any abuse coming towards him by abusing but really he was just missing his dad and wanting more love from his mom and there's an explanation for all of our silence and so the last verse is more universal. It's more just thinking about the silence that's mandated to us. It's by generations previous. It's mandated. And I don't accept that anymore. I don't accept that anymore. To the point where I think I overprocess with my daughter. <laughs> and I think she's like, Mom, you know, <laughs> enough. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm... I just hope that, again, it can be woke. I think, therefore, I exist. Right? All that we are arises with our thoughts. These great sayings that should inform a lifetime. Yeah, just put them into action. You know, there you can say everything, but if you don't act on it accurately, it just doesn't mean anything. Okay, seven deadly sins. possess more than one needs. Your wicked ways. This is an older song on the album. I re I, I recorded it. Um, I recorded like the basic musical track when I was recording my ballads album, with ballads with a bunch of jazz covers. And I I hadn't been writing a lot, but this song kind of came out of nowhere. And the verse is in five four meter, um, which is probably why I thought mm, maybe I'll record it with the jazz stuff, because that's just kind of odd, you know. Bobo da don da don don go da da don da don da one two three four five one two three four five so it's in five and then when it hits the chorus it just goes to a big you know big four four anthemic chorus and it didn't fit with ballads it didn't it just it was standing on its own and I thought it would be really hip to bring in another singer with me. So I love Michelle and Dick Bachello. I love her voice. I love her vision. And I love her rap. Like, I love it when she speaks. It's so sexy. It's so authoritative and funky. Her, her low rapping voice is so amazing. So I just thought, like, oh, it'd be so great to have her, like, speak the spins. So I just sent her the track, and she really did her own thing. It was so different from what I thought, and I, I just loved it. She made it much longer and more poetic and, and even like thinkerly cerebral Paula Cole uh, thank you very much for making this amazing album it's really fun you can obviously tell that I'm a fan of this one and I really appreciate it I you. know deep dive yeah, yeah thank for you. you and thank you <laughs> thank, thank you very you. much and, uh, you're uh, so lovely alright wishing you all good things take good care awesome Paula Cole thank you very all right, much alright bye bye Hi guys, listen to Something Came From Baltimore, the show, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This week, we have the singer-songwriter and jazz singer, Paula Cole. That's this Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Something Came From Baltimore, the show. If you're here, you're far from square. Something Came From Baltimore.